morning. Thank you for having me today. I'm Julia Sa. I'm a strategic designer at Tobias. If you chose to join me for this session this morning, I assume that you're here because you care about the safety of children or because you care about making a positive change using your design skills. So thank you, first of all, for being here um, and joining this ecosystem of uh, change makers. Um, because we need certainly more of you um, in the room with the multitude of wicked problems in this world. It's a privilege for me to be here and to be listened to on this platform today. I'm going to share with you um, how we as designers can play a significant role in creating a movement for positive change and talk about a project that I worked on for the International Centre for uh, Missing and Exploited Children Australia as a case study to explain. But first and foremost, I would also like to acknowledge that we meet on the land of the Gadigal people of the Euro Nation. In addition, I'd like to acknowledge that um, all the acknowledge all the Indigenous nations that those of you on the call are joining us from. Um, I'd like to pay my respect to the elders, both past and present, acknowledging them as the traditional custodians of knowledge for this land. If there are any Indigenous or Torres Strait Islander people on the call, uh, I pay my respect to you too. Over the next 29 minutes and 21 seconds or so, I'm going to talk about a project associated with child sexual exploitation. It's a horrendous crime um, and may trigger thoughts and feelings that need attention. Even if you feel that you came into the room um, and joined the call, prepare to hear about it. You may feel differently throughout the talk. So if you do, feel free to leave the room or the call at any time. This is me in the middle. I spent many years bringing people together into the same room to talk about and take action around things that don't immediately and directly benefit them. Societal issues, city issues, neighborhood issues. And this got me thinking a lot about, in a literal and metaphorical sense, how do we mobilize individuals to actually roll up their sleeves and paint a wall for a purpose that's bigger than themselves? And how do we as designers set up a program or a project that people that are needed for, so that people that are needed to make it into a success can step into it? How do we enable them to see how they fit into the broader ecosystem, whether it be an industry, neighborhood, city, society, or the planet? Child sexual exploitation is a network problem, and it takes a network to solve for a network problem. What I'm about to share is how our team at Tobias was able to support the International Centre for Missing and Exploited Children Australia, acronym ICMEC Australia from now on, uh, to do this by bringing together uh, online child sexual exploitation response ecosystem, so people with different tools, willingness, capabilities to work together. Uh, we did this through design, artifacts, insights, storytelling, co-discovery, co-design, and our project created an awareness of how the systemic barriers are uh, related to their individual pain points for the stakeholders. It created an awareness of the interconnectivity and interdependencies between them, leading to pathways to respond to those systemic barriers. The problem of CSE 
is huge. Child sexual exploitation perpetrators behave like structured organizations, collaborating through criminal networks, constantly changing tactics to avoid detection, leveraging technology, and outnumbering law enforcement. In 2021 to 2022 financial year, just over that year, the Australian Centre to Counter Child Sexual <coughs> Exploitation, or ACE, received over 36,000 reports of child sexual exploitation. In that same period, the Australian Federal Police charged 221 people. So can you imagine one, two, three, four, 221 individuals with 1,746 alleged child abuse-related offences. So let me first explain what I mean by child sexual exploitation, because there are a few manifestations of it. Um, but here are a few. Coercive, self-generated content that's produced by minors themselves. Live streaming of child sexual abuse, uh, so of a minor, which is broadcast live through a digital platform. File sharing of imagery or video files which contain child sexual abuse material or the acronym CSIM. They are either traded online as a currency or shared for monetary gain via an online transaction. Sexual exploitation of children in travel and tourism. Possession and purchase of child sexual abuse material that reinforces the sexualization of children, including imagery, video and childlike sex dolls. For this project, we focus on child sexual exploitation with digital footprints, the child sexual exploitation of children facilitated online. The OSEC crime rate is growing exponentially and systemic barriers can prevent the industry from sharing data to identify perpetrators from their digital footprints, which can be created by making payments, communicating online, uh, and sharing child sexual abuse material. When IGMEG Australia engaged Tobias back in early 2022, no single entity had a system-wide view of the responses to the crime. So they engaged Tobias to understand the current state, identify the right problems to solve and to solve for those, establish a framework to maximize its organizational impact and the funding of the initiatives, and to limit any long-term risk through content, constant testing of assumptions and course corrections. Identifying the right problems to solve was particularly important for IGMEG uh, for two reasons. One, because IGMEG Australia was a newly set up entity and had resources and funding that they wanted to set in motion effectively, but needed more insights into the problem space. IGMEG Australia exists to facilitate more effective detection, reporting, and prosecution of child sexual exploitation. And this means that, they, that understanding the entire child sexual exploitation ecosystem is critical. And the second reason why identifying the right problems to solve was critical is because, of course, there's a finite amount of funding uh, in the social impact space in general that we want every dollar to count towards a cause, protecting children in this case. So we mapped the current state of the CSC, child sexual exploitation response ecosystem, and surfaced the root causes of stakeholder pain points and systemic barriers. 
we took a human-centered design approach and explored the current state of prevention, detection, investigation, reporting, and prosecution of OSEC, online sexual exploitation of children. And this created a clear picture of, for the stakeholders of how they and their roles fit into the CSC prevention and response ecosystem, how they are dependent or related to each other, and where the gaps are so that they can co-identify how they can be part of the solution and be on the pathway for greater social impact as a collective. We commenced the foundational research uh, with a focus on the financial digital footprint associated with CSE. So we conducted 36 in-depth interviews with 47 participants in the ecosystem, which allowed us to get different perspectives on the current state of CSE and um, on the problem from the very diverse uh, cohorts. That led to identifying the key to driving real change and disrupting child sexual exploitation facilitated online, and also identifying the people who have the driving capability to make the change, uh, including but not limited to the financial sector. The outputs included robust uh, current state maps of the ecosystem, three very highly visual and engaging artifacts. One of them you see on the screen here. It is the current state journey map, which follows the movement of financial information in the investigative process of the online sexual exploitation of children. The map offers the more detailed view um, of the current landscape, focusing on specifically uh, how financial transactions are used in the detection and investigation process of OSEC in Australia. So it follows the typical information journey where the suspicious transactions are detected by financial institutions, submitted as suspicious matter reports to the regulator, and then used by law enforcement in their investigations in order to prosecute offenders. The map details the tasks, the roles, the data input systems, channels, and pain points associated with each of those stages of the journey. Uh, and the pain points were later turned into 42 areas of opportunity by the ICMEC Australia team and used as a starting point uh, for the industry stakeholders to develop new collaboration initiatives. The second map is the current state CSC disruption ecosystem map. Um, it offers a broader view of the current stakeholders and their roles combating CSE or OSEC in Australia, focusing on the identification and removal of child victims from harm and the prosecution of the offenders as the ultimate outcome. It focuses on the areas of responsibility and impact for each stakeholder within the broader ecosystem. We use a, what's called a crime prevention triangle to demonstrate the current points of impact, which suggests that for a crime to occur, to take place, there needs to be three components, uh, a motivated offender, vulnerable victim, and suitable place. So disrupting um, at, disruption at any of these points uh, can remove the opportunity for a crime to occur and can prevent reoffending. IGMEG Australia later used this map to support stakeholder mapping and to design and execute stakeholder engagement. Lastly, the current state ecosystem gaps map is an overview of systemic challenges and large complex 
barriers that currently prevent the ecosystem stakeholders from executing their roles effectively in online child sexual exploitation investigations and disruptions. There are two different categories um, of the various one indicated by the three large uh, red stop icons on the map. Systemic barriers require paradigm shifts, a completely new way of thinking. A large number of stakeholders working closely together towards the same goal. They include complex problems like uh, data access and legislative barriers or data footprints being split across multiple platforms and industries. These seven systemic barriers were later used by Meg Australia uh, to help assess uh, their child protection fund applications to ensure the initiatives that they are supporting and funding would lead to solving them. I'll talk about that a bit more later. The second category is uh, industry-wide barriers that require an understanding of the other parties' behaviors uh, and motivations and cross-sector collaborations as well, <coughs> collaboration to solve. So all these maps um, are shared electronically um, uh, with the ECMEC members and also hung on the walls of uh, ECMEC Australia office for the staff to continually refer to and to remind themselves uh, of the complexity and the context and the systems that they work within. So we dug really deep into the current site um, and we were able to surface an insight that taking a holistic, multi-sector and inclusive approach is really critical to drive the outcomes. We needed to cross-pollinate uh, the ideas between the stakeholders who would not typically sit in a room together, like um, the law enforcement officers, social impact experts, regulators, data scientists, financial institution intelligence and investigation staff, as well as people who are the voices of survivors. So we pivoted from the original project plan and started planning a full day event as a direct, direct response to an insight that a diverse range of sectors and organizations is key to creating uh, a systemic change. So this invitation for the Design Studio Innovation event, it brought together uh, 51 participants who provided further feedback on the insights generated up to that date and um, we, they used those and other provocations to co-create solutions that really matter to them, their roles, uh, as well as the entire ecosystem. We brought in high-profile, uh, socially responsible companies like Canva, who sponsored the event, the maker of the Children in the Pictures documentary, which I really recommend that you watch, the law enforcement um, uh, stakeholders to leverage their influence and knowledge. Ideas were put through several rounds of iteration. We started with individual ideas, which were then critiqued, stolen from, and built upon um, as groups, combined together, and finally pitched to the whole room. We spent um, a lot of time prepping for the event uh, to make sure we create a cre uh, creative and safe environment uh, so that the participants were able to were enabled to kickstart leveraging uh, each other's knowledge, insights, and experiences. Some pitched their ideas uh, to IGMEC Australia on camera, uh, initiating discussions for the Child Protection Fund. Um, uh, some people connected with each other on the day uh, to discuss, discuss ideas around how they could 
collaborate for that fund application. All participants were asked to make a pledge at the start of the event to the community assembled in the room. Uh, and this was really the formal beginning of uh, a community of practice for uh, collective action, uh, rather than just solving for their individual pain points. The day was really great for creating and uh, fostering industry connections between the participants, um, but also to expand ICMAG Australia's network. Following the event, the Tobias and the ICMEC team uh, debated, analyzed, researched further the 50 plus ideas that emerged from the event and started concept development. And some of the interviewees and the design studio participants continued to engage in concept testing and program development and the shaping of the Child Protection Fund. Now, IGMEG Australia's three streams of work provides the tools, uh, access to community of practice, and funding. Uh, the data product stream is built on the idea of developing and supporting the implementation of data collaboration projects that are able to reference various data sets from clear web, dark web, uh, risks and crime typologies, uh, whilst maintaining privacy, in order to create a stronger picture of the crime, leading to more effective detection. The collaboration stream is built on the idea of creating a community of practice for sustainable collective action. The membership program is a direct result of the research and co-design of the solutions. Uh, and it was launched um, earlier, the portal was launched earlier this year, following iterative testing with the users and providing a collaborative, provides a collaborative online space for individuals and organizations um, within the community. Um, the membership program is also designed to support IGMEG Australia as it transitions from uh, transitions to operating as a social enterprise effectively by generating revenue from its uh, products and services. Thirdly, the Child Protection Fund stream is built on the idea of funding innovative data and technology solutions that can enhance the detection, reporting, and prosecution of child sexual exploitation. These initiatives must be social impact-led uh, and not yet commercially viable uh, with the aim of providing proof of concept outcomes uh, and it takes a catalytic venture philanthropy approach which facilitates new uh, cross-industry partnerships that help break down the silos that exist today. So these three streams work in constant collaboration, right, to ensure successful project outcomes are delivered. The challenge with solving for societal problems is that there are so many problems um, that are interlinked and it's really hard to find the thread to start untangling from, which is the thread with the biggest leverage point. And I think design is a really good way to finding that thread, but designers really need to work alongside the clients uh, as one team, and both need to be comfortable with uh, being vulnerable. So IGMEG Australia is a small, not-for-profit organization, newly established in Australia, and they were really open-minded about uh, wanting to identify their positioning, finding out what role they can play um, to create the biggest impact, and finding that right spot between what they're capable of and what the industry gaps are.
so that they can commit their resources responsibly and effectively. Our Tobias team also was equally comfortable with being vulnerable. We are expert generalists um, and gained the subject matter knowledge uh, along the project journey, uh, not necessarily from the start. But we work with confidence that trusting research evidence and testing will lead to the right solutions. So thinking back and delivering this project and perhaps all my past projects, I think there are two components that um, really support robust design, sensitivity and strength. Uh, sensitivity to deeply understand the needs, the motivations and capabilities of the people involved and strengths to bring them all together, pivot as needed and start walking towards that same North Star even if you can't really see that path all the way just yet. And sensitivity and strength is becoming uh, even more important, I think, because our roles and responsibilities as designers are changing. We used to design things traditionally with just the user in mind. Well, good designers had the user in mind, bad designers had nobody in mind. <laughs> but now design is changing and so are the types of challenges that we take on. We design more than things, right? As designers, we are working with organizations to shape how they operate and how they make decisions. And the direct user may only be part of that story. What we design may have flow on impacts, which means we have to consider the entire ecosystem of people who may sit outside of the user cohort. And how do we need, who do we need um, in the design room to do that? We talked about diversity a lot so far in this morning, so you got it, it's diversity, but I would love for us to go beyond the quarter-based thinking that is so common when we talk about diversity. How many cold participants did you get in the room or uh, were there any people with disabilities in the room? And don't get me wrong, I think those indicators are really important. And I feel hopeful that we are making, um, as an industry, progress. But maybe we're thinking too small. I don't have many key takeaways today, but I would love for you to think about this one thing. Think of a project that you're working on right now and people in the design room uh, and unpack diversity this way. Diversity of thought emerging from different experiences and belief systems. Diversity of capabilities, uh, that is just not just the skills, um, but also the ability to influence the ecosystem from different angles uh, at different levels. And diversity of privileges, acknowledging how our positionality impacts our perspectives and perceptions. And this is harder to measure, right, because we can't count it. But I think we bear the responsibility of designing for large ecosystems of people and creating social change, and this might be worth thinking about. And lastly, I want to mention that um, and congratulate IGMEG Australia, who are unfortunately not here today, but, you know, for their ongoing tireless work day in and day out, because they, uh, what they continue to achieve is really truly exceptional. So as of June this year, they engaged 96 
organizations from 12 industries, that, which is um, increasing the number of participants by 300% over a six-month period. They kicked off nine data and collaboration projects led by the industry. And today, the team makeup, the team is a microcosm of what the project found, helping them to understand their um, stakeholders and how they work. So, if you want to contribute to this ongoing fight against child sexual exploitation today, you can take action now. Uh, first of all, I guess if you hadn't really had the opportunity to learn about it in the past, learn about it. Um, really good resources on the ACE, the government website. If you've got kids, um, have those difficult conversations and you can find more resources on the e-safety website. And lastly, if you feel or think that you've seen a crime or if you do see a crime in the future, do report them. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that. I just, we, we have time for questions, Julie, or if you'd like to uh, take any, and if we have any from the floor, just raise your hand if you have a question for Julia, and we'll bring a mic over. And if not, I'll let you... There we go. L. Thank you. Fascinating talk. Thank you so much, Julia. Okay. What did you do at Bias to look after yourselves on a project that this intense? Like, tell me a bit about the protection or the whatever you want to call it. What did you do? Yeah, so um, counselling services were offered from the beginning um, when we talked about the project before we even got into the content of it. Um, it was a difficult, it was a challenging topic to even, and I just had, actually, I just came back from a maternity leave at that point. So I had a baby at home um, and uh, I'll just, again, trigger, trigger a warning, but uh, the documentary that I recommended that you watch was actually a very um, good pathway into, a quick pathway into getting, know, getting to know the subject matter. And I do remember um, having to take my time watching it. I couldn't go through it uh, all at once. Um, I watched maybe the first 20 minutes and I had to stop, take a walk, take a breather and just do something else. So in the beginning, it was a very slow process. Thank you so much, Julia. Please join me in thanking Julia for that. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs>